When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Paderoon. <laughs> yeah. So on this episode I'm talking to Ali O'Rourke, a Irish transgender comedian. The only one I know personally, but not the only Irish chan- transgender comedian. And it's been a long time since I've done a Potter Rooney. Back in June, I did my last one. This is September now. That was uh, when I interviewed the band Thumper. Uh So I don't know why. Look, look, I've been away. Been uh, been doing a lot of work in festivals and traveling around a lot. So I, I let it drop, but. Uh, because the last one I did was in June, 20th of June, I put out the last one. And then straight after that, I went to Glastonbury Festival to do gigs. Went there with my daughter. she just finished the Leaving Cert. We went on the Thursday. And uh, we saw a lot of good music. We saw Rosalia, who is the uh, Spanish Barcelonian uh, singer, who is on one of James Blake's songs, Barefoot in the Park. She was what a show she put on just visually and musically amazing a straight after her we saw aurora who's a swedish i think singer a little dainty little elf like girl tiny girl um singing these kind of emo maybe type songs yeah great and uh that was really great that was two in a row in the same venue in the john peel stage and before that we'd seen king princess up in the um up on the stage up in the park whatever uh king princess was really good she is really 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 good she's got some great song called 1950 uh really good kind of soulful but a little skinny little white girl but with a soulful voice uh what then the next day I don't know if it was the next day. I'm being, you know, we went to see Baby Metal, a Japanese metal 
band. Kind of with three girls. But I mean, they're like a girl band, really. But they do metal. And they have the band. And uh, that was amazing. Like, I wouldn't listen to them probably uh, at home. But this gig was amazing. There was a... There was moshing going on. A circle. You know, the circle. And they all start moshing and all that crack. It was really good. Uh, and then I saw uh, Nena Cherry, who was uh, like, you know, from the back in the 90s big with uh, Buffalo Stance and all that. And she was a bit boring, to be honest. And then and I saw Holly Cook, who's a, like a reggae type vibe as well, uh, as well as Nene Cherry kind of vibe. A bit more reggae. Uh, pretty cool, pretty laid back. Uh but uh, then I saw uh, Fatumata Diawara, who's from Mali, and she was amazing. Listen to her music. Listen to her music. It's real good, dancey, uh, dancey, uh, Af- uh, African, but kind of more. Um, uh, yeah, it's good music. Just listen to it, whatever. Uh, we saw Tame Impala. They were pretty cool. Uh, but the highlight of the festival for me was Christine and the Queens. Just absolutely brilliant. Um, great music, but great choreography on stage. Just a great... Uh, um, just uh, overall, just a brilliant, brilliant gig. And she's... And I've seen her twice now this summer. And she just is my favourite act at the moment. Christine and the Queens. Just amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that so then I went to see Glastonbury. That was Glastonbury. Came out. Then I don't know how long later. Uh, it's in July, I guess. I went to the All Together Now Festival. But I didn't see anything. I saw one act there. Because we were doing. I was doing improv with the lads from Steve Frost improv all stars and they were staying in the hotel in Waterford and I was driving them back and forth to the hotel they were doing two gigs on the Saturday and the Sunday uh, so um, I was time taken up with that and I was doing my own gigs as well so I did four gigs that weekend so I only saw one one act in the All Together Now festival and that was Saint Sister an Irish band two girls and uh, their band and they were really good I hadn't never heard them before and uh, I've been listening to them since and it's really brilliant stuff and I I, I it was the best uh, comedy uh, gig though at the All Together Now festival because it was quite wet people were packed into the comedy tent and it was just amazing absolutely amazing had one of the best gigs I've had this summer at the All Together Now festival uh, and then uh, straight after that, flew out to Edinburgh Festival and uh, stayed there like uh, for three weeks. But that was like back and forth. I was back and forth a um, couple of times to to Dublin for or Ireland to get to gig. But yeah, saw some great acts out there. In the Edinburgh Festival, saw was Sean, a guy called Sean Morley with a show called "Soon I Will Be Dead and My Bones Will Be Free to Wreak Havoc Upon the Earth." Um, once more. That was the name of the show. Uh, but that was brilliant. I think it was my favourite show. Which a guy called Sean Morley. Brilliant. I mean, this is the kind of show uh, that uh, you could only get at the festival because it's got had like uh, props and sound effects and effects and uh, costumes and uh, and everything. I, I say that in a and there's a lot of audience in, uh, participation in a in a in a very intelligent ways. It was an amazing gig, really good gig. And then Beck Hill. Was a show called "I'll Be Back," but uh, that was similar enough as well to Sean Morley's. Not as good, not as funny, but uh, uh, in that there was a costume and 
trickery going on, you know. Uh, and and the other gigs I saw then, I saw Shazia Mertza. She was on straight after me in my venue, so she's really good. Nice woman too. I hope to have her on the podcast. Lolzy Byrne, an Irish girl doing comedy. I hope to have her on the podcast as well. And... Um, guy called Paul F. Taylor, loved his show, loved his show until the end when he got a bit serious, as they tend to do in uh, Edinburgh, do the serious bit, and uh, I just thought that wasn't necessary, it's just, you know, I'd be happy enough just to do, see a comedy show, I don't really need you to make a point, um, uh, so that was Edinburgh, then I came back and then I did the uh, uh, Electro Picnic, had great time, party that the Electro Picnic saw, uh, Christine and the Queens, again amazing, uh, the 1975, yeah, kind of good, uh, um, saw uh, Mitski, uh, who Japanese American singer, brilliant, seen her before in Belfast, and the Probably the highlight, I think, was Thumper. I went to see Thumper, who I've had on the podcast, live at the Electric Picnic at the Body and Soul area. And they were just amazing. Just amazing. So, yeah, it was good. So that's what I've been up to. And uh, I just didn't get time to do the podcast. So here we are now with the uh, episode 107. It's Ali O'Rourke. Enjoy it. <laughs> from stop yourself from going insane <laughs> learning to beatbox as a, in a room full of other people that are getting very annoyed at you oh yeah yeah like what studio what are you talking about uh, sorry my uh <laughs> i studied co- design in college so oh yeah that's yeah. fierce notion of that i studied design in college it's yeah. like uh as i or i like to call it a degree in bullshit and drawing <laughs> yeah. yeah where was that uh first off in carlo and then university mm-hmm. of limerick and then back to Carlo, and then I have an online degree from DIT as well, which sounds wow. like I know what I'm doing when I really, really don't. And You're really qualified. Really qualified, and I do not work in that field whatsoever. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. As a lot of people do, I guess. Yeah, I think that's my generation. Well, maybe maybe you go to college to find out that that's not the thing that you want to do. Well, I'd love to maybe. do it. Just get right. a job. Oh, it's, okay. It's a bit like, I think it's easier to become a successful comedian than it is to become a successful designer at this stage. Oh, maybe? Yeah, there's yeah. so many people coming out of design. Out oh, of is there? Yeah, it's one of those... This is a weird event we've gone on already. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just my daughter. I think she's gonna do vis- uh, some arts visual thing arts. like that uh, but, in DIT. Uh-huh. But that's different, though. Visual arts is yeah. is much easier to get employed in. You know, yeah. uh, like industrial design, such a small niche, and oh. we have such a small manufacturing industry in Ireland. Really, that, like, yeah, the designs come from abroad, and we were so there's not really any design departments here. There's two or three big. Uh, com- design companies that kind of do all the design work so you okay. need to be like top of your class to get in there as an intern to work for free to get to a stage where you can actually work as a designer so oh god yeah 
Better are off going, yeah, yeah, I think comedy's probably a better Yeah, place. comedy's easier, <laughs> totally more successful career, way more stable. Uh, <laughs> There's no intern work. Really. There's no intern, well, well open micing, of. open micing, yeah, mm. d- definitely. Uh, there's a lot of free gigs done in Ireland to learn your craft, and in other countries too, I guess. Oh uh, Yeah, definitely, definitely America, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Some, does anyone ever mentor a comedian? Um, a little bit, like, I... I don't know, I think I've got a bit of mentorship, and especially from fairly established comedians, they're always good to give you advice. I don't think it's somebody like... But no one ever actually takes you under the wing and goes, I'm going to mentor you one-on-one. Especially at the start, you kind of have to figure, learn to walk yourself, and then somebody might teach you how to run after a while if you're more established. Yeah. (laughs) Bring you out on the road and open for you or something. That's it. Yeah, I think opening is really, like, if you can get, like... Somebody, if you open for somebody on a tour, they really do. That's the do. equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, where did you grow up, Ali? I grew up in Athlone. Oh, in Athlone, where I'm doing a gig tonight. Yeah, just happened to be doing a gig there, and I am not going anywhere near Athlone. <laughs> yeah. I haven't lived there in about ten years, actually. Yeah. yeah. Since I left school, I kind of just left. Town. Did you live in the in the town? No, I grew up just outside Athlone. So I grew yeah. up on Lockery, which is kind of cool. So mm. I was a bit of a water baby growing up and yeah. kayaked for years and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was on the Irish team for a while, randomly. Were you? Yeah. The Irish kayaking team. Irish kayaking team. Talk about another weird niche. <laughs> <laughs> so I was good at doing something that like five people did. <laughs> All right. Do you, like, uh, is there Olympics for Is there kayaking and Olympics There for? is. There's two disciplines of kayaking that are Olympic and mm. uh, I go quite wisely chose to compete on Irish teams that didn't compete in Olympic disciplines. <laughs> so uh, I was more into that. And it's just more the style that uh, was around where I grew up, you know. So yeah. I mostly did freestyle and whitewater kayaking. So, uh, right. Doing flips and shit. <laughs> Feck. Yeah, that's, that. uh, that's good. Yeah, it's really good fun. I grew up in it, so it's like kind of mm. easy for me to get so into it. But um, I got loads of really cool experiences out of it. Went to a bunch of world championships. Lived in Uganda for a while. Lived what? in Germany for a while. Yeah. From ki- from kayaking. Yeah, yeah. Is I mean, like, what, like what, why? Why were you a kayak instructor? I was a kayak instructor. Uh, no. When I was in the Nile, I worked. Ah, uh, yeah, I worked for the tubing industry. The with tubing. Tubing, yeah. It's like you know when you get. The, remember when you were a kid and you used to blow up tractor tires and throw them out in the lake. Oh, it's yeah. like that, but more fancy and going down grade five wa- water on the Nile, and you have to pick them up at the bottom in a kayak. Oh wow! Yeah, it's really good fun. Cool. Yeah. And were you into performing or drama or anything like that when you were growing up? Uh, I played music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely not anywhere near as a competent musician as you were. Uh, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really that good, really, uh, seriously. I, I was a mm. punk that was surrounded by metalheads in Atlo. Oh, yeah? <laughs> who, who thought punk was too soft. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? So I played a lot of bands. I played a lot of Metallica covers. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I was in a couple of really good bands. Uh, well, no, not really, really good bands. Bands with pe- other people that were better than me, so like the Molotovs and... I was in a band for a while called Tinnitus, which I thought was a great name. That's a great name, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did that. So I kind of like always had an attitude towards performing that was very much like just get up and do it kind of mm. thing. You know that it wasn't something that other people did. It was something everyone could do. So, mm. yeah. 
Yeah. And how long have you been doing comedy then? Uh, only yeah. since last August. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I was good. Um, oh. uh, it was really. It's been really good so far to me, to be honest. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of gigs in a short amount of time. And yeah. that's partly because I was unemployed for a brief period there. Yeah. Um, so I did about 136 gigs in the first, what, eight months or so. So. And where are you doing them? Mostly every, Dublin? Mostly oh. Dublin, but mm. all around the country. Actually, a lot more down the country. It's easier to get gigs, I think, nearly down the country. They're always looking. There's loads of little comedy clubs springing up around the place. And they're always yeah. looking for comedians to go down. Oh, right, cool. And you you said there's a... Is there a transgender scene in comedy? Yeah, it's kind of exploded over the last year. Yeah? Yeah, it's really strange. (laughs) It's like... um, When I started, there was... There was a couple like uh, I know MJ or uh, MJ Stokes was performing down open mic circuit down around Waterford. Uh, they started off doing poetry and every, all the poets used to chant "Be funny" at them, and then yeah. they started doing comedy. And I know um, the likes of Lady K had been performing in Dublin for a while, but they kind of weren't really on the scene when I came about again. They kind of they do mm. a lot of stuff in the cabaret scene. Uh, so when I came about the there wasn't that many trans comics around but then over the last sort of six months or so kind of there's a like there's a facebook group with about 12 of us in it anyways That's so amazing. yeah it's all over the country as well which is even more amazing it's not just dublin centered so we got together and uh did a trans comedy night at comedy gold it was really it was amazing uh, uh yeah. i emceed it and there was uh, six other trans comics on that night and it was insane. It was like, I couldn't get over. It was sold out three or four days beforehand, which is a rarity for a gig on that sort of level of the circuit. Like, yeah. you know, and it was amazing. It was weird emceeing it, though, because I remember getting up and it was just like, like trying to speak and not being able to get through a joke without everybody like cheering and laughing and chanting. It was like the warmest audience I've ever had. It was strange. Like, right, yeah. It, uh, it was all trans people. They were so delighted not to be the butt of the joke for once, you know, like nearly reclaim back an art form that kind of has been closed off to them for a while. How do you mean there? Um, I don't know. It's just like, if you, especially when you look at American stand-up comedy, like mm. there's so many times that the trans people are just the butt of the joke all the time and it's not even it's not like a roast it's more like the joke is that they're trans if you Mm. know what i mean Mm. and it's like for some reason there's a epidemic of american comedians that do a joke about i i thought i'm not transphobic i thought about fucking a trans girl (laughs) you know yeah like at least five of them had in their special the last two or three years so it's really strange so a lot of like trans people are like the amount of people have come up to me and been like, "Oh, I stopped going to comedy nights in Dublin or in other places just because they just." Because you're just hearing other comics, they're not literally making you the butt of the joke, but they're making making the jokes about transgender. Yeah, like there was a recent, uh, even at an open mic level, there was a recent gig I did, and the comedian before me, who I'm friends with, uh, is a nice guy, but he did this weird joke about how he would never date a trans woman. <laughs> Yeah. So I got up and roasted him for five minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. In retaliation, which is a bit spiteful, but it was fun. Uh, yeah. Um. But like, yeah. No. There's a lot of like you hear a lot. You have to put up with a lot as a trans person on the comedy scene. Like, and it, oh, you're a comedian, so you have to be able to put up with jokes, full stop. But sometimes yeah. you just there's a lot of eye rolling going on. The same sort of two or three jokes told over and over again by comedians who think they're edgy. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it's nearly yeah. become a 
hack, go to hack joke in, in comedy. And you feel that people are like saying things like, oh, I, ad- uh, I don't know. I, d- I don't know what the jokes yeah, are. Yeah, there's a couple of I identify, identify as attack helicopter. Yeah, jokes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Kind of and there seems to be, oddly enough, though it, I don't know what it is. I think it's literally like trans people have become the, they become like the poster child for comedians being told not to do things. So there's a lot of, I think there's a lot right. of comedians, obviously any performer, any artist, especially comedians, hate being told what they can and cannot say. Yeah. And I think that this seems like, um, seems like the tra- trans community has just become like the face of that. Like, you know, yeah. like, so it's easy to punch back at them, you know? Right, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, so. that's definitely punching down rather than up, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, um, um, yeah. Do you want to talk about your journey towards? Uh, I don't. I'm not no. going to talk about whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to ask, you can ask. Like, <laughs> I, I get on stage <laughs> and do dick jokes for 20 minutes. I'm thinking I'm, I'm pretty open to talk about stuff. Right. Oops, sorry. I'm being a bit loud in the middle of a hotel talking about penises. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, because you are. Have two children, right? I have three, actually. Yeah, three children. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, so uh, you, you thought your mom was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, you were a, a dad to your dad. Yeah, I guess. Apparent, yeah. yeah, apparent. Like, uh, or, I, or as my oldest calls me, mommy. I mean, daddy. I mean, mommy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like whatever they feel like. And yeah, most my kids mostly just call me dad. Like, like Do they? I'm okay with that. Like, as long as they call me. Uh, <laughs> they're not even teenagers yet. As, as long as they please, call me. Please call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, it's a weird. I don't know. For them, they were. They're so young that it's just the way life is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just a normal thing to them. Is, and yeah. I think even you see it like with the like of Emily Ashmore who's a young comic we both know uh, like mm-hmm. with her it's like literally just like oh okay you know you know that generation anybody younger than 20 it's just it's not an, it's a non-issue it's a non-issue yeah. yeah well maybe teenage boys groups of teenage boys in front of their mates might be like oh but like for the most part it's not really yeah right yeah, yeah well, do you think that though in the past then there were I guess closeted transgender people who just couldn't feel they just couldn't oh there has to be there definitely yeah you see it like happen like people are transitioning much younger now than they used to yeah um, coming out of the closet but there's just statistically like there yeah. has to be so many people like you know you know it's, it's mm. hard to, and I really feel for them like it's it's a horrible existence being in the closet like mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean like something crazy like what is it it's is it forty nine percent of trans people in Ireland have attempted suicide? Really? Yeah. Forty nine percent. It's insane. Oh my like, God. It's incredibly high. Like, mm. I mean, also fifty one percent of us have been assaulted in the street in the last year. So, really? like, even though we're one of the best countries to be trans in, it's still not like exactly a cakewalk. You know what I mean? I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so You're saying we're one of the best person, uh, best one of the, one of the countries. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Why? Why is that? Of, 
first of all, our laws, our, oh, our healthcare yeah. system's a mess. I do jokes about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, our healthcare system are, is a mess. But our legal system, mm. it takes two da- days to change your gender. You fill in a form and it comes back to you and you have an F on your... You really? You get an F on your birth site or your mm. passport. It's one of the most progressive in the world. Mm-hmm. I think we're the second country to do it and one of four still, you know? Okay, yeah. So cool. that's pretty amazing. Um, I think Irish people generally are like fairly polite about stuff, and we're in a way, in not the same way English people would be polite about it, but uh, as in Irish people, like it's none of your business, keep your nose out of it, kind of, mm. you know, that kind of mm. subtle thing. So um, you don't get as much abuse on the street, say, as you would in other places. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. But I mean, for cool. me, like, I, I, I live a pretty happy life now, you know, you mm. know, I'm. Um, I'm, as you can imagine, I'm fairly resilient. <laughs> like, I'd be a fairly resilient person, though, in mm. general. Like, um, yeah. Mm. And then doing stand-up, uh, it's down the country. Is that difficult? Uh, no, it's a weird thing. I don't know why I think Dublin might be better. I don't, I'm yeah. It could be clubs in Dublin that would be just as... Uh, there's certainly some clubs, that's more yeah. established clubs can be quite... Um, their audiences can be quite conservative because yes. they wouldn't be necessarily comedy fans if you know what I mean they'd be like people going for the first time Yes, which is the same down the country so they're quite similar but down the country it's, it's I actually nearly find it easier sometimes yeah it's weird like my key demographic <laughs> already seems to be like girls in their teens and 20s and then 56 year old men <laughs> yeah I don't know what it is. I think it's obviously just the style of comedy I do I do just, I do make a lot of dick jokes right yeah. I think yeah. so on a weird level they relate but it's definitely like I remember doing a gig down the country and getting stuff in the crap to- in the toilet off people off and then, but then get up on stage and those same people laughing their whole off. So there's a weird power dynamic when you get on stage with a mic, you know. There is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah people you, shut you, up and listen. You have the power. And there's something about sort of, uh, about performance and the LGBT community. People are always much more accepting of people in that. I, I don't know why that is. Yeah. I don't know if it is because of the power dynamic involved. But it's strange, like. You mean sorry in the in the LGBT community? I think people of the from the LGBT from, oh, see, I see what you are, mean. are always seem to be more accepted when they're in a it, performance. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, like if you even think about how like rocket bands out this week, think about how flamboyant fucking Elton John is. Yeah. Like, and he was and messed with gender norms and everything, and, and yeah. even Bowie say who's uh, Bowie's yeah. bi. I think Bowie's bi. I don't know. Some flavour of queer, anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't have much respect for the old gender binary there either. Like, <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. When I was growing up, he, just to see him on TV was incredible. Yeah, it's just it must have been mind blowing, you know. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. And especially in that time, everything seemed to be black and white back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, TV was anyway uh, for a while. <laughs> Although I didn't have top the pops, so I didn't see him. But I just saw I would I'd see the covers of the albums and stuff. Just go wow. Yeah. It's incredible. Crazy. Yeah. That's the thing you were saying about more people coming out. I think the internet really has allowed that to happen a bit more. Yeah. You know, like you find community online, but you see trans. Like, think of when I was growing up, like the trans representation on TV wasn't great. Like, you know, if it at all. Even now, it's not good. But like, if you go online, you'll find a lot of trans people creating stuff, content online. You know. Yeah. Comics, videos, art. You know. You see it, so it's not like this weird. It's 
more you have more same with stand up that's what I find mm. I have more control over my own narrative say if I went near a TV station it would just turn into inspiration porn <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the good thing about the internet as well yeah and uh, like if you're living in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere you still you're not totally cut off yeah, yeah I mean when I started yeah. transitioning I was living in a small town in rural Cork so like yeah, yeah I was like I had people to talk with from all over the world that were trans as well you know yeah yeah mm. I mean there's negative I think there's negative things about the internet is that you can go down a if you start believing conspiracies and all that, you can end yeah, up yeah. just... I, I have an uncle who's a shrink, and he's, he yeah. says that when he first started, like, what, 30 years ago, yeah, everyone was coming, to, everyone who was paranoid, schizophrenic, was coming to him saying, oh, I speak with Jesus, <laughs> to now, now they're coming in saying, like... Uh, saying stuff about CIA monitoring their thoughts and having yeah. chips in their brains. And, and George stuff. Soros is yeah, controlling the world or something. George Soros, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And there's fluoride, the fluoride Flor- and all the that fluoride, kind of stuff. The fluoride's a good crap. What else? Yeah, yeah there's some great conspiracy theories. There was a brilliant one that the, the sky was all a projection. Uh, 2012, the aliens were going to reveal no. themselves or something. Yeah. Well, I think flat earthers probably do have to believe the sky is a projection. Yeah. Because if the earth's flat, it shouldn't be the, like a dome. The, the sky a, shouldn't be like a dome. Yeah. Unless there's some kind of fake dome. Yeah. Just a massive. We're just living in a big. I, I'm not sure if they've thought that through that part. <laughs> like they're they just more worried about the ice ring. Like they yeah. haven't thought a lot through. I mean, what happens when you get to the edge? Of the the well, edge of this flat. They, they, they think it's uh, that the Antarctic and the Arctic are a ring of ice that go all around the world to keep the water in. Oh, really? <laughs> so it doesn't spill off the plate. Wow, but it's amazing. But I wonder what they think of then of the ice caps melting. <laughs> Yeah. Are they like, are we all going to just like get flushed out to space? We're just going to flow off the edge. <laughs> It'll just be a, like an it. overflowing sink, basically. We'll land on yeah. a great big bathroom floor That's somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you feel like you, your material then, to a certain extent, uh, see, if you're talking about your experiences that you're... Um, yeah, I, I think maybe. I think I'm trying to do your sometimes I say is how can you get an audience to identify with what you're saying? How do you? I, I don't know. I think by making it funny, people yeah. automatically listen to it. Whatever. I went up on stage and did a 20 minute soapbox speech. I don't think anybody would ever listen to it. Either be like, oh yeah, we get it. You're oppressed. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you just make it funny and have fun with it, people listen to it. I yeah. think there's a lot of. That, I think that's what the 15, 6 year old guys that seem to really like my comedy seem to like it because it's not this weird thing they're told they're being wrong about you know when yeah. they, like, if they have to deal with anything to do with trans people it's just like oh that's weird and different but if somebody's just making jokes on stage in a format yeah. that they can relate to it's just easy for them to understand it then yeah. you know or just take different levels of things away from it yeah. There's definitely times I've done jokes where people have laughed for the wrong reason. I'm like, oh no, I'm, yeah, I'm punching myself. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's a, that's a problem. That's a problem with all comedy. Uh, you're trying to be, you're trying to do a parody of something, but the audience are taking it for real. Just don't get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Happens. Um, so. I think Liam Nugent is it Liam Nugent the real person or the parody character? I can't remember. Somebody mm. does a really good. 
party character that uh, he only kicks down the parish halls because them Dublin clubs don't get me and I'm this truth speaker it's taking the piss out of like those oh, yeah. edgy comedians and it's, yeah. it's quite funny but like when you see it online you're, you're just like oh I'm not another one of these guys because he, yeah. he's not uh, you know the whole thing's a pose law on the internet it's not if it's not obvious that it's a parody yeah. is it actually a parody you know what I mean you know so it's like when you're doing a parody, you have to be so careful in how you make it clear that it's a parody, I think. It's hard to do it without be, like, doing the, the old wink, wink which yeah. you don't want to do. No, so it's a weird yeah. balance. Like The first time I saw that, I was just like, ah, another one. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was for real, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, just because it was like st- all stuff I've heard from other comedians. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if he's, t- he's actually, I don't think he's taken the character to an extreme enough level. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, great, you know, another one. So Yeah, like, I mean, I, d- I did, it was in a band called the Harry Bowsies, and we did, like, parodies of, like, the Wolf Tones type uh, was that pro. the one, the, was day, it, day we, uh, the day, the crack we had, we the, had the crack, day, yeah, yeah, but yeah, there was another, there's, song. <laughs> there's another one, Spit at the Brits, you know, and it was one. about um, the Irish not having any guns at a battle, so they, all they could do was spit at them. <laughs> 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 but the chorus was Spit at the Brits, and Paul Woodfull wrote that, but you know that some people were just, just not taking enjoying it. the fact that you're saying Spit at the Brits, yeah. rather than yeah. realising that it's it's a parody, like yeah. Uh, and it's well, what can you do? It's such a fine line. It's not for <laughs> everyone. Like you gotta be like, I always just put up my hand if I offend somebody and go, okay, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, that's but then kind of cool. sometimes people can get offended too easily, and then sometimes people don't get offended easily enough, and then people mm. who are offended get offended that the person's offended, and the person who's they've been offended at is offended by the person who's offended at them. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's all just like lads. Can we just shut up and talk about this? You know. Yeah, and I mean, I find that like if I'm doing a gig in a small village and and everyone is there, yeah. everyone in the village is there. <laughs> the whole village out to see your man <laughs> off the telly. Uh. I don't want to offend some lovely old lady with by by uh, talking about Jesus or something, and if she, I just don't yeah. want to do it. I kind of get a strange kick like being the bold kid in school saying something naughty or something sometimes yeah. say something like especially when it comes to trans stuff if they're offended by my transness yeah. it's kind of really good fun yeah yeah right like yeah you're kind of like it's which is probably a bit immature as a comedian but it's just really fun to do yeah <laughs> you know like, yeah. yeah but i also think you can kind of go in and it like uh you can kind of endear yourself a little bit and then go and offend them a bit and then go back back, back and forth yeah. like little uh Definitely. Little battles. Yeah. It's a strange <laughs> one because, like, there is a joke I've been working on the last while, and I'm yeah. pretty close to parking it, and it's about living in Uganda, and it's taking the mick out of white savior syndromes. Yeah. But, like, it worked really well in a woke room. It didn't work at all in a queer queer space that I did try to do it in. Right. And it didn't work down the country. But, like, it didn't work down the country because they thought it was being racist. And yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like it takes a certain. Like I don't think I've. I don't. Maybe I'm being too self-indulgent with it as well. But like, mm. when saying maybe it needs a certain level of understanding around the discourse involved with that. The mm. idea of going to, going to Africa to massage your ego rather than actually help somebody. You know. Yeah. Actually, like they really need somebody. Like it revolves around the school. There's a charity based in the village where I was living. 
and every like two weeks a new group of tourists would come in to volunteer and they would paint the same primary school over and over again really yeah and like they'd be all smug what are you doing here it's like oh i'm teaching kayaking or whatever and they were like what's going on you know they'd be like i'm here to help the little africans you know what i mean yeah there's a bit but then at the same time they were paying a fortune to be there and that money was getting channeled by that charity into building schools up in north uganda near the border with south sudan and where the lra were active your man coney was used to be active you know right right oh yeah that guy yeah yeah yeah. lunatic dude yeah. uh, where, where were you you were in where Sudan uh, Uganda Uganda sorry yeah. Uganda yeah and um, like what were, were you dealing with then with white tourism I don't know why I had to well, break I, it down into white I, tourism but it was tourism I mean I went to Africa <laughs> and got dreadlocks so Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. which says enough about me at the time as well yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was also deep in the closet at that stage as well like, yeah yeah, yeah. Proving my manliness by getting chased by crocodiles through rapids. And oh stuff. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, do you feel that you were overly probably manly because of? There's a bit of overcompensation, um, a bit of a debt wish. I don't think I was ever manly, manly. You know, yeah. But I did crazy stuff like not really caring whether I lived or died at certain Heck, stages. You really? Know? Yeah. Janie Mac. What you saying? It was fun. Also, yeah. by doing crazy things like that. Uh, it means you get distracted from the daily, you know, from you know like it's a good distraction. What's going on in your head? Or focused on something, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But you can only do that for so long. Like, it's a weird form of self-medication, and I don't think that's just... I think that's a mental health thing in general when it comes to depression and stuff. You see people just, like, working ridiculously hard and yeah. stuff like that just to distract themselves, throwing themselves into their work, and then eventually they just break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's uh, not good for anyone. No, I mean, I think I was telling you on your podcast. You are, Post Performance Pines. I was, yes. Uh, that I was, I was having panic attacks and all that. And, but when I was on stage, it, 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 I, forgot about, I, I forgot about all that. Yeah. And it was a good escape, but it's not, it's not a solution. It's a band-aid, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And all that kind of stuff, performing and all that, but it's not good. It, it is maybe a little bit good if you're going through grief or something they say you know they talk about doctor theater actors always talk about if you're sick or something really yeah like even if you have a cold or something interesting do a show i wonder is that and uh, you feel the total fine totally fine that's crazy. Yeah, maybe adrenaline or something like I, that. I mean, especially, I think, with confessional comedy, it definitely helps you work through some stuff, I think. Yeah. Like, you can use art. Not just comedy, but any art form to yeah. work your way through process feelings, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess that's yeah. what art's for, if you know what I mean. But uh, Right. I find it hard, though, to get deep about... Uh, there were certain issues I... Found. I was talking to Marie Scotton about this because she talks about her father's suicide. Yeah, and James Cadden does something similar as oh, well. Yeah? yeah, and I'm amazed that they can go. They're not. They can go to something like that and not get a bit upset on stage. Or at yeah. least when you're starting out doing it. I mean, I make a literally make a joke about my friend dying on stage. Yeah, which is a bit callous, but it's my way of shouting out to him. But I wonder yeah. if it's a generational thing. Yeah, maybe. maybe it's just like the whole classic, a little bit freer with our emotions. I don't know, or maybe it's um, 
Maybe it's just the style of comedy we're exposed to growing up. Because now, yeah. now, if you look around, there's so many confessional comics, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, yeah. Like, uh, say, Chris Gethard does, has a whole hour called uh, Career Suicide. Oh, yeah, I've so. never seen that show, is it? It's very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris Gethard would be one of my favorite comedians. I love him. Uh, ah, okay. But, uh, yeah, so maybe it's just we're more exposed to confessional stuff, or maybe we've already processed to a certain extent. It's not something that's been buried or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, there was just one issue to do with my mother dying or whatever. When I tried to broach it one time, I actually got re- The only time I've ever got upset on stage, and I actually just had to, I had to say to the audience, sorry. Yeah. And it changed subject here. Yeah. I think everybody <laughs> kind of understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I, a rough one, though, to deal with. That's a very well i guess it showed up to me that i, I it was still affecting me yeah but it's a very uh, deep issue from your childhood like I, it's something you definitely there's always going to be stuff attached to that that you buried if you know what i mean yeah that would probably come up when you're talking about it that you didn't realize it was even there like yeah yeah it's a weird one that's so why i thought i found it, i was talking to maurice about that and uh, she yeah. said she was fine and uh yeah that, I, I was listening to interview you actually did with Ryan um, Toberty before you went on our podcast there. oh uh, did yeah, you listen yeah. to that yeah <laughs> oh, is that, that's out there is it that's, I've, oh, it took me a while to find it yeah. I looked it up uh, but don't worry uh, the guest we had previously on the podcast also, Ryan Toberty also made cry on air so I think he serious? really has a thing about He's getting, a knack. getting comedians to cry is a weird it gets a hard on from it or something <laughs> Just like cry, funny people, tears of the crown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did seem. And then, and then it, the weird thing about doing that, and I was quite upset. And then, but then the producer comes in after the show and is going, "That was brilliant, Joe. It's really got a great reaction." And like you're going, that's not why I'm doing it. That's not why. <laughs> I'm really happy for your uh, good for your ratings. Yeah. yeah, thanks. <laughs> but I mean, I guess because like comedians are. We're nearly tuned in towards joy, if you know what I mean. We're always trying to find the happiness in a situation, no matter how dark. Trying yeah. to find the humor in it. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's probably compared to other people like that, where they're like, emotion's good. We're like, no, there's only one good emotion, and that's laughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get really great. I remember I used to do a, g- a gag with uh, Paul Tyler. We used to go, it was like an ad. We'd go, tired, lonely, depressed, fuck off. And and that was an immediate like yeah yeah big reaction. But you always get that bounce from tension. And it's just the uh, yeah. It's not what you expect, I suppose. Exactly. I guess like that's the thing. That's probably why there's so many confessional comedy and so much dark comedy at the moment. Is because it's probably a reaction to sort of reality TV and the fakeness of mm. the internet and stuff. So, so people go on stage, they want realness. Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's also a very easy comedic device to use is that tension of the sadness, you know? Mm. Like I have a bit I do where I nearly drowned and then I use it to make a elaborate don't misgender me joke, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's all built, it's like it's cheap it's all built on attention that I built from the story of nearly dying <laughs> oh right yeah yeah yeah. Um, and do you feel now that you're you've just you said you've just done some gigs in London do you think yeah. there's more of a oh the audience was so much easier yeah. To be honest. yeah I don't have that whole Irish thing of fuck you prove you're funny you know that you get here oh yeah that's true yeah, yeah they're like I'm yeah. as funny as you you know English people are like yes yes, yes funny person you're the here. comedian yeah. and we're the audience we'll listen politely <laughs> yeah, now yeah. and laugh and you make jokes yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's the uh, exchange that we have here tonight. <laughs> You're supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've a, there's a social agreement in place here. This is what happens. Like Irish people, there's always one person who wants to shout something. Absolutely, you, yeah. Especially on the country, I guess. Well, you'll think you're funny, do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember doing a joke one time. There's a bit where I go, I guess I should do some more relatable material. I was down the, in Kildare somewhere, and there's somebody shout out, Fucking thank God! <laughs> really? And then I did a bit about Uganda, and they were like, "God damn it!" All oh, right, yeah, really. That <laughs> so was like one of my favorite heckles I've ever got. <laughs> that and there was a guy one night, a really well-meaning heckler in Jester's yeah. uh, comedy club, also a great comedy club. Yeah. Um, where uh, I host post-performance finds, uh, but uh, I was doing a bit about bathroom bills in America, and. Uh, he shouted out, which bathroom do you use? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. joke, and I was like... <laughs> It's like again, and uh, then like later on was like, tell us about being trans. It's like, what do you think I have been doing for the last ten minutes? You right, know? yeah, yeah. But it was just really junk, drunk, well-meaning person. Right, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Inquisitive, drunk person. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you think you'll do an Edinburgh show? Or uh, uh, probably not with the kids and work. Oh, uh, you, not till yeah. I'm full time. Uh, I'm going to do some gigs over there this year. And they yeah. head over a few times yeah. during the festival. But you can't be away for a whole month. I'm not going to do a whole with month. With young run. kids. Um, mm. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I've never really been to Ed. So I think mm. now it's like, I don't think, well, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to get famous from doing Edinburgh anymore or no, have their big break. Like, but no. it's like doing a huge amount of gigs in a short time, you know? Yes, it kind of sharpens you. Yeah, definitely. I'd mm. love to do that because I love to. I'm thinking about, I'm trying to write an hour now. Which mm. is the first time, which is an ambitious thing to state on a podcast after eight months. But I we'll wanna, hold I it wanna, to you. Yeah, you can, this time next I'll year, guys. Next time next <laughs> year, uh, I'm trying to write out. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I just like just as a challenge, as a goal, I want to do in the next year, next year or so. You yeah. know, just to try build an hour. Like, and I do a lot of one-liners now, and I'd like to build it into a more like an hour. Obviously, make it more story joke based. Yeah. And try to develop that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be weird. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, trans, trans stuff on stage. <laughs> Call it gender troll or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. So you're just going over for for a, a week or so this year? Is yeah, I'll okay. probably go over a couple of times during it and see uh, mm-hmm. do some spots. Try to right. fi- get the feel of it. And just yeah, just see good idea, people. actually. I want to see some like really world-class comedians as well. Like, you, know, yeah. you only get to see them... Not that there's no work class comics in Ireland, quickly withdraw that comment. <laughs> uh, but like see some internationally world class comedians in person rather than on Netflix or something, you know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I love Edinburgh. I mean, I also think you can just drop into a show without any prior knowledge to who this person is and find a. It could be rubbish or it could be amazing. You know? Yeah, I, I don't really like that. Yeah, who was Davey, Davey Riley was telling us? Uh, he went to see some like Azerbaijani dude or something like oh, yeah? that. Yeah, he's like, I have to go see this. I want to see it. There's like three people in there, and he didn't say say it was particularly good. Uh, but he was saying it was like, yeah, he just loves that about the fringe. Like, yeah, especially with the free fringe, you can just go see the weirdness. Like, absolutely, yeah, and, uh, that's amazing as well. Like, even if it's not that entertaining, it's just to see stuff that yeah, see different perspectives. You know, sometimes you learn from seeing a bad comedian. Have you, have you ever noticed? You can go, ah, that's what that's what you're not. Meant 
meant to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. And yeah, I think even just thinking about what would I do in that situation, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. if, if somebody handles a heckle or a bomb badly or something like that, what yeah. would I do? Try to turn that bomb around and then you get up and you do the exact same you, thing. Oh, yeah. Or you, you try bomb. something different and that doesn't work either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw those at people or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, man! I've been I've made all the wrong decisions. Believe me, I'm still making them, and I'm happy enough to do it to learn. Like, so yeah. as, I, as I stress, I know nothing. <laughs> well, I'm not even a year in, so I'm, yeah. just, I'm just enjoying it. Though. Wow, yeah. yeah, that's class. So, yeah, trying that's to good. find opportunities and do stuff, and that's the whole point of post-performance points. Yeah, is to bring on comedians we look up to and sort of benefit from their knowledge you know right okay uh, yeah. yeah i'd love to i'd love to do it again oh i'd love to have you back yeah, yeah definitely definitely oh cool because <laughs> it's a nice room it's, it's a really room. beautiful room yeah. yeah i don't know what it's the fairness to chris o'neill he found a good spot there you know what yeah. I mean? yeah um, he lets us do stuff on nights that isn't gestures the mm. main gestures if you know what i mean mm-hmm. and occupy it like because uh Comedians Without Border do shows there as well, which is cool. It's a bunch of international comedians based oh, in really? Dublin do shows there. Yeah. So on Monday nights as well when we're not on. So we share Monday nights with them. Oh, really? So yeah. if you're ever in Dublin and Definitely. meet on Monday, go down to Jester's Comedy Definitely. Club in the basement of Cheney. And uh, uh, any other gigs you'd recommend to people? Or uh, Comedy gigs? Gold on a Friday yeah. is a good yeah. one. It's really up and comer. You know, like, and yeah. that's uh, nearly accidentally... I know. I think, in fairness to Emily O'Callaghan, she really curates it to be quite diverse. Yeah. And I don't mean like diverse for the sake of like ticking the boxes. It's just diver- there's loads of different voices there. Yeah. You know what I mean? People from different backgrounds. So it's just interesting. So it's not cool. all of the same comedian. You know what I mean? So that's Comedy Gold where... Yeah, that's upstairs in the Button Factory the on a Friday night, Button Factory. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm meant to be doing that as well. You should definitely. It's one of my favorite rooms in Dublin. Yeah. If you're a comedian, definitely go do it. Cause yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's a simple room. It's just a black box. Right. Basically, uh, small room, 50 people, uh, good light, spotlight on you, and nice. it's just you. There's no mic, so it's really free. Cool. So it's kind of got a bit of old school realness going on there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, yeah. kind of, and it's just really fun room to do, and the crowd are always up for it there as well. That's brilliant. It's my favorite room done out of the few rooms I've done. Brilliant. Um, if you want dark humor, yeah, you gotta give the Dante's lads a shout out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a dark comedy club on a Thursday night. Um, where is that that's upstairs in the Lord Edward pub just uh, across the road from Christchurch right okay yeah. cool yeah I know that pub yeah, yeah I know that pub it's, it's a cool room they run a really tight gig um, but it is and, uh, and it's, it's not for the that is the thing it's, it's for the dark. thick skin it's for the thick skin right so, yeah yeah okay I've got to um, write some dark material dark dark material I, uh, Patrick's done it actually oh has he yeah yeah, yeah he headlined it there once yeah oh, I saw him there that. yeah Oh, yeah. I guess Patrick could be dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's doing a lot of stuff about the church, so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of good gigs coming and going. You know, there's a lot of new open mics, letting comics get up. Mm. Um, there's a really fun gig on a Thursday night as well uh, called Feckish, and a, a play on Beckish. Uh, oh, yeah. It's upstairs in Drop Dead Twice. 
Right. And it's um, it's a improvised stand up. So you get audience, you get up on stage, you get three suggestions from the audience. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really fun. I like, would love to do that. That's great. I'll pass you on the details. Where know. is that again? It's upstairs in, in Drop Dead Twice Drop on Dead Francis Dead. Street. Right, okay. And also, we have another trans night coming up as part of the Transfusion Festival. Okay, where's that? That's going to be in A4 Sounds. I don't have to do any work organizing this time, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, it's it's part of a, a trans arts festival that's okay. happening. So we're doing a comedy night. It's really cool. So if you look up uh, Transfusion Arts Festival on, on Facebook, you'll find all the details there okay. happening next week. Oh, next week, cool. Try and get this out before that. Yeah. Um, well, there's a bunch of just so yeah. many clubs. Well, if there's any, I'll just put them yeah. on at the end. There's a really like vibrant scene in Dublin at the moment. That sounds cool, yeah. yeah. A bit of a bottleneck, I think, though. It's like, what do we do now? So it's kind of have to... Yeah, how does it go further? Yeah. yeah. How do we get the... We're all competing for the same audience, so we just have to find our own little audiences to drag in, you know? Yeah. And get more and more people going to live comedy. That'd be great. Yeah, that's what you need. I uh, have a resurgence because it did definitely drop off. So. Did it? Yeah, yeah it what, did. What, what was it like over the years from when you started in the 80s? It was got really huge uh, in the early 2000s. Oh. Like, it got big, 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 big. Live comedy was big. And, like, uh, there was loads of clubs in the UK touring all over the UK. Yeah. And then the, uh, I guess around 2007, it just, it was the it was the recession. Really, I Not, guess. It was a bit of that, yeah. and a bit of just it wasn't the cool thing anymore. Stand yeah. up. Yeah, it seems you know to be mean? the cool thing now again. I don't know well, why that is. But hopefully it's resurging, and I think that happened in America as well. The, there's uh, Louis, I know that the comedians of say Louis C.K.'s ilk would have said that there was a period when it was just huge and you could just do four or five gigs a night and, nice. and then it just dropped off what's happening oh is he yeah well i ordered a coffee about over half an hour ago oh wow and she said i said i'm sitting over so don't worry i'll find you and she <laughs> hasn't found me she hasn't found you and anyway. there's you with a parts throat talking about <laughs> transgender issues in yeah. comedy <laughs> Anyway, I have paid for it, so I'm, I need to get it. Anyway, uh, right, thanks, Ali. Thanks for chatting thanks to for me. Thanks for having and me. I, I'd, I'll have to get my coffee now. Yeah, find your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you, right. there motherfuckers yeah just look if this is if you're still this is uh my um i'm gonna be doing a new thing a uh, new podcast so i might be winding this one down i have a few more to come out uh but i'm gonna do an improvised podcast coming up i don't even have a name for it yet but uh it's gonna be with some of the lads i do improv with and we're gonna do like a news an improvised one hour one hour news program uh once every two weeks uh, so i'm really excited about that i'm so excited this is me being excited and uh 
Yeah, so look out for that. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about it. And, um, anyway, a gig's coming up next week, uh, 19th, 20th, 21st. I'll be in the uh, Laughter Lounge in Dublin. And then on the 27th, I'll be in St. John's Theatre in Listowel. And the 28th, I'll be in the Dunamay's Theatre in Port Leash. And that's it for this month. Thank you for uh, listening uh, to my podcast. I will be playing a gig with Ali O'Rourke on the 6th of October, I think, in a... Oh, I don't know where. Where am I doing this gig? Diggity-do. Where am I doing the gig? Dig, dig, dig. On the 6th of October. Uh, I'll be the token straight person. So... Uh, at last, I get to I get to be a minority at a gig um, in Jesters. Yeah, on the sixth of October. That's it for now. Uh, talk to you soon, babies. Thanks for listening, motherfucker. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.